Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I go into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So if you are somebody who's just focused on weight loss in the past and instead want to do a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp, training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks outside of the training protocol, sometimes a nutrition protocol that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. And these are typically holding people back more than they think. So if you're interested in finding out more about this, you can fill out the application in the show notes. You can go to my website to see what type of coaching I offer, or you can reach out to me on Instagram and we can chat about this in more detail. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. Also real quick on the coaching too, I should probably go back to that. I do offer a free 30-minute consultation as well too, where we just talk about your goals, what you need to do, and then we figure out if coaching would be for you or which direction you should go there with that. With the one-on-one consultation, This is a one-off coaching session, 60 minutes. And with this, we troubleshoot any issues you have and or we map out a game plan for you for the next couple months there with that. So a lower risk, less hands-on approach there. But again, we'll get you moving in the right direction either way. So if you're interested in either of those links to that is in the show notes. Next, if you want to learn more about a body recomp, what it is, how to do it, I have my free masterclass on this topic, and you can find the link to this in the show notes. And this will give you a general idea of my methods, how I go about body transformation and stuff like that. Again, that is completely free and is in the show notes as well too. Uh, Next, if you don't yet, give me a follow on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. You can reach out to me, ask me any questions, things like that. And I'll answer some of your questions on this episode as well too there on that. So give me a follow, Jeff, there on that. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. So my first question I have is how close plus or minus five grams, for example, do you typically recommend hitting macros? I love this question because this is something that I am very, I wouldn't say very passionate about, but I do think it's important when I first got into tracking food, stuff like that. It's like, hey, what are my macros? And then it's, hey, I got to hit this to a T, right? Oh, cool. I can do this. And you end up getting to this point to where it's like maybe at the end of the night, you have 15 grams of carbs. 32 grams of protein and 20 grams of fat. So it's like, okay, what the hell am I going to do that's going to get that right? And you can sit here and try to find this perfect meal with it. You spend a ton of time doing it and then you finally get it. And it's just this weird meal that you have there because you need to make sure you want to take your macros to a gram. And as I've learned more, I've realized that's probably not the best approach, nor is it really necessary to get that minute with your details there on that. And so what this has done for me is it's made me realize that it's probably better to be within a range. We'll talk about like how close we need to get. I think it does depend on your goal, your ability and whatnot there with that. But 
to feel like you need to get to this exact number, I just think it's not necessary there with that. Now, this and this is going to be something I'll dive into. I do think it really does depend on the phase of nutrition that you're in. I think that will obviously alter how close we need to get. But one thing here is I think coaching hundreds of clients, one of the things I've realized is, and again, this really depends on how lean you are and whatnot, but I feel like for long-term body recomp, body transformation, like just avoiding these, just avoiding like really massive variations from one day to the next and like avoiding and avoiding these weeks and days where you're in a large like surplus or consume a lot of calories is really key, right? And so what I mean by that is a lot of times people will be dieting or again, tracking their macros and they track, everything's great. And then they have two or three days or less out of the week where they just have these massive like days where they just eat a ton of food, right? They either, whether they're just like burnt out of what they're doing or they're just in this environment where it's really hard for them to moderate. They just have these really massive days and they do that once a week, every other week, a couple times a week. And it ends up just really slowing them down to the point to where they feel like they're not making any progress and that can weigh on them mentally. And then they feel like they're working super hard. And so my kind of thought on this is we just really want to like the more I've coached people on nutrition. And again, this is understanding that, hey, and we'll talk about this, like what your exact goal is super important here, but just really avoiding these massive variations is key, right? And so this really leads me to working in ranges here from a caloric standpoint and a macro standpoint. Okay. And I'll talk about which ones I think are more important, but first I want to go over, I think this is also very dependent on your goal, right? So what I mean by that is if you aren't trying to get super lean, think eight to 10% sub eight to 10% for men, sub 15 to 17% for women, or you're trying to make weight for something by a particular date, whether that's, again, you have a, like, for example, I have a client that does MMA fights and he needs to obviously be a certain weight at a certain time. That's obviously going to be a little bit different on how accurate I want him to be versus someone who just, look, is trying to get they're just trying to get leaner. Maybe they're currently at, as a male, they're at 20, 25% body fat. They're trying to get down to 15%. Same thing as women. Maybe they're in the 30%. They're trying to get under 30%. Like, I think you can be a little bit more flexible. And now it's like, hey, we do just really need to avoid those massive variations. And saying that, again, though, another thing that's going to play a role in this is the client as well, too. And again, the phase that we're in. In this specific example, or with this specific question, I'm more concerned that your protein is fairly close to your goal, and then total calories are close to the goal, rather than stressing about being within five grams of your carbohydrate every single day. So now it's okay. Carbohydrate, protein and calories are going to be way more important than your carbs and fats. So from there, once protein and calories are in check, your carbs and fats can really fall where you prefer so long as there aren't any performance or biofeedback issues. So again, so long as I don't see that if we look over your macros, it's okay, carbs are like 10 grams a day, fats are like 200 or vice versa, right? So long as we're not doing anything crazy like that, training's going well, again, you're not finding that you're super hungry. Really, once you hit calories and protein, I think I'm less concerned about you hitting your carbs within five or 10 grams or something like that, because I just think that it's lower on the priority list there with that. But even with within protein and calories, I'm still going to give a range, right? So it may, for example, somebody new to this, it may look something like, hey, calories, I want you to be within this range of 2000 to 2300 protein. I want you to be within 160 to 180. And then Carbs and pro- carbs and fats. It's just going to be, hey, let's see where they fall. You track, see how you like to eat, and then let's pair that with your bowel feedback, your results, and then we can make adjustments from there. That's like my baseline kind of recommendation there with that for somebody who wants to who starts with me. And sometimes we roll with that forever. Sometimes we dial it in. Again, it just really depends on their results, bowel feedback, etc. There with that. Just that kind of gives you some ideas as to how I approach this. Next, I want to go over why I, I do the ranges. So one, it gives more flexibility. This is just super nice to to again not feel like you have to hit everything to the T right? Because then again, you come back to what I initially talked about where you end up having these like weird 
combinations, you end up playing macro Tetris and you, you just come up with these random meals and then you stress about going over a little bit. And then that adds stress. Adding stress isn't going to be great overall, especially when you don't necessarily need to stress about it. So it just leads to a lot of issues. So I just like having that extra flexibility there. And with this, what you do throughout the entire week is the most important, right? Again, I don't think you need to be exactly at 2100 every single day. If we have a day where you're closer to 2300, then you have another day where you're closer to 2100, another day where you're closer to 2200, it all kind of averages out to be around a certain number. And to me, that's more important than feeling like you need to hit an exact number. Again, that added flexibility is just super nice from a mental standpoint. And I think it just gets people to to not get so mentally drained with tracking and trying to hit numbers there with that. This kind of leads me to my next one. Your body isn't going to exactly burn the same amount of calories from day to day. There's probably likely going to be a little bit of a range there. So again, this if we can have that range from a caloric standpoint, and then we compare that to your movement and where your weight's trending, we can make adjustments based on what your current what current phase of training you are in there or nutrition phase that you're in. But then we also have potential tracking errors on top of this. So not only is your body going to fluctuate from day to day, but you're, there's also not potential. There is going to be some tracking errors, especially the less experience you have. But even the more experience you have, there's still likely going to be some tracking errors. And just because something says it has certain amount of calories on the box or the package or we'll talk about restaurants in a minute, but just again, anything like on boxes, stuff like that, like those can be off by up to 20, 25%. I don't know the exact number, but it's either 20 or 25%. So again, if something's hundred, if it says it's hundred calories, it could be 80, it could be under 20. Now hundred, something that's lower calorie, not going to be a big deal, but you do that multiple times throughout the day and you can start to see this where these discrepancies can pick up. But then on top of it, if you like to go out to eat multiple times a week, things are going to be off from that standpoint as well, right? Just because something says McDonald's cheeseburgers, 300 calories, that's likely not exactly 300 calories. That's probably not a great example. I think where you're going to see more discrepancy would be like you go to like QW or you just go out to a, a restaurant, right? That's where you can really start to see these discrepancies really start to show up there. So those potential tracking errors where it's like, there's no point in trying to hit something and trying to hit a number to a T when chances are there's a 95% chance that those numbers aren't accurate anyways. So again, let's take some of that unnecessary stress off of it by giving you a range. And again, to go back to what I said initially, we just want to really avoid these massive variations. The more that I coach people, the more I realize how important it is to really limit those days where you just go crazy with it. So again, less stressing about, oh, you know what? I'm probably not seeing results because I haven't hit my macros to a T. No, it's probably more so because of the days where you either are tracking or just really go off the plan. I also think this depends on your current phase of nutrition that you're in. Again, this range may differ based on, are you in a fat loss phase? Are you in a building phase? Or are you in a maintenance phase? Obviously in a maintenance phase, we're going to have the biggest range because again, I think that one, it allows for the biggest range there with that. And part of taking a maintenance phase is taking some stress off of tracking. In a building phase, again, you might we might have a little bit more flexibility there versus somebody who's in a fat loss phase where you know, to drop body fat, you do have to be pretty accurate and pretty precise for multiple weeks on end there with that. So I think that's a phase that probably requires a little less flexibility from the, with these ranges, right? So let's just take an example where um, clients in a building phase, the range may be 21 to 2,400. When they're in a fat loss phase, the range may be 17 to 1,800, right? So we're going to tighten things up a little bit there because we want to have less variation from day to day. And we really want to make sure things are a little bit more tight there from that standpoint. So I also think your current phase 
matters. And then again, you know, how lean you're trying to get or your level of how, how seriously you want to take this, right? Somebody that like they want to, they want to absolutely max everything out. Again, we're probably going to tighten up your range versus someone who's, look, I want to definitely look better, but I'm not trying to be the top bodybuilder in the world. Again, we can probably loosen things up a little bit here. Now, those would be the reasons for it. Now, the reason not to do it or the reason or a potential downside of this is this can be taken too far. Okay. So what I mean by that is somebody can overthink this flexibility that they have with it and that extra flexibility. Now they are just off by a ton. They don't really take tracking very seriously. They just wing tracking. And now it's like you you're, you have a little bit too much. You're too loose with it there with that. So I do think this can be taken too far. And so you do need to, and this is why we base it off of results and the individual client. For example, I have a client now, she's in a recomp phase and she makes, she likes to make things like soups, casseroles, stuff like that. And those are obviously hard to track. And so I'm giving her a range. She's guesstimating on what those are. And then she's obviously has other meals that are a little bit easier to track. And then what we're doing from there is we're basing this off of her results. So if she's seeing good results, she's hitting the checkbox, the things that we want her to hit during this current phase that we're in, then we're going to keep rolling with it, right? Now, if things slow down, she wasn't seeing the results she wanted, then we would need to obviously tighten things up. But for her, by by being able to not necessarily have to track every last little detail, it's taking some mental stress off of this, uh, some anxiety around it, which helps her stick to things. She's more likely to stick to things now, right? So we need to base it off the client. But we some clients, though, again, can take this too far, and then they're just super lax with it. And now it's like, hey, they need to tighten things up. So we need to take the individual client into consideration and you need to take yourself into consideration here. If you've always been somebody who's always been like, I need to hit it to the T and I haven't necessarily seen the greatest results, maybe loosening things up a little bit, giving yourself a little bit more flexibility with it can be super helpful. If you're someone that's always been pretty lax with it, you haven't seen the results you want, maybe you need to tighten things up a little bit there with that. So hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that gave you some insight into how to do that. So let's go into the next question, which is how does, sorry, do you have to do nutrition phases? So do you have to do like fat loss, building, et cetera. And to start this off, no, you absolutely do not have to do this. But I do think it can be beneficial. So what I want to go over here are five reasons why I think it's important to have a phased nutrition approach, right? So this is how I do things with clients. We have this phased approach where we're either, maybe we start off in a baseline phase, just kind of get things dialed in. Then we go to a recomp phase. Then we'll do a building phase. And then we go to a fat loss phase, right? And obviously we can have a blueprint, but it's going to change on what's going on. But again, having different nutrition phases. So then that way you're not always focused on one thing there with that. I think one of the big mistakes people make when trying to improve their body comp and health is spending too much time focused on one goal. For example, you want to lean out, you want to lose some weight. So that's your only focus until you reach your end goal, right? Where it's, oh, hey, I'm just going to continue to just fat loss my way down. When the re reality is that you will likely have to do this in multiple phases, not only to reach your goal, but to make sure the results last. So that's the big thing there is not only to reach your goal, but to make sure it, la it lasts too. A lot of people have this issue where they can get to their goal weight or they get to leanness they want, but then they can't sustain it or not necessarily sustain it. Because I think if you get too lean, that's probably not sustainable, but they let things get way out of whack. Like they let things really fall off, right? So that's again, what we're trying to avoid here is really letting things fall off. Same thing with tracking calories. We want to really avoid letting things fall off. Same thing here with this. So let's talk about five reasons why you would periodize your why I like to have clients periodize their nutrition and why I do this with them. So first, the body adapts to the energy balance it is in. Unfortunately, the body is more resistant to weight loss and weight gain, but over time, the body will adapt to whatever energy balance you're in. So if we're always in a negative calorie, a negative energy balance, right? We're seeing our weight turn down over time. 
Again, this can be on different levels. It could be quick. It could be slower. But either way, if you're seeing it trend down over time, you're in, in a negative energy balance. When that happens, your body does adapt to that. And some of your, for example, hormones will adapt to this. You may see things like thyroid slow down. You may see things like hunger increase. Energy levels may go down, right? You may find that because thyroid's lower and other things like you may, your gut health may slow down a little bit there with that, right? So your body has adapts to the energy balance it's in. Now on, on the flip side, your body will adapt to an energy surplus. This is what you commonly see with people who gain weight over time. Again, whether it's a purposeful surplus or a or or not, your body will adapt to it. Same thing with fat loss too. If it whether it's a purposeful deficit, your body will adapt to it. That's a little bit tougher to do in today's modern environment, but there are people that certainly accidentally get into a deficit, whether they're sick, have some sort of injuries, have some sort of underlying yeah, medical condition. Like you'll see people that that will accidentally get into a deficit, stay there. And again, this is where you might see as people get older, they run into women specifically, bone health deteriorates, things like that. But then again, on the flip side, we have the energy surplus. And again, some people do this on purpose where they are purposely trying to gain weight. But then you also have people who accidentally do it. So let's first take the people who do it on purpose. For them, what, what, what you'll see typically happen is, again, this is somebody who's trying to probably build muscle. And a lot of times these are people who are naturally skinny. And so what you'll see happen here is they'll really try to ramp up their calories. And when that happens, their body upregulates the, the it's more wasteful with its energy, right? Your, your increases there. So, you know, they think that will eat. 4,000 plus calories, but their body's really good at adapting to that. And it just, it's more wasteful with energy. So they end up being closer to maintenance there with that. So those are the people that are just probably naturally lean all the time. You can consider these the hard gainers. So that's a way the body adapts um, to an energy surplus on the way up. They'll also find that maybe they aren't super hungry. Maybe their gut health starts to go downhill. I know the longer I'm in a calorie surplus, I do notice that gut health starts to go down, right? I also am just not as hungry the longer I'm in a calorie surplus. It's your body adapting to that energy surplus. Again, to go back though, the body's much better at defending weight loss than it is weight gain. And again, we see this with the, the increase of in obesity and just how the general population typically is when it comes to weight management. But then we have people that are accidentally in a energy surplus, right? These are people that start to develop type two diabetes, cardiovascular issues, right? Again, the body is adapting to that. And obviously certain things are on overload there and they start to deteriorate with that. So obviously with type two diabetes, they're just constantly having this influx of glucose. And so the insulin's always pumping out. And again, the body, it adapts to that. And then now they become insulin resistant. So again, we can see how the body adapts upwards and downwards. So that's the first thing. So again, you know, why we would do this is, Hey, when the body starts to adapt on the way down, now we get you back to maintenance. Your body can adapt to, it can go back to homeostasis where it likes to be. We're in a surplus for an extended period of time. Now we either bring you to maintenance or we drop you down to a deficit to, again, make sure that the body doesn't adapt and whatnot to that long-term. So again, that's the reason one, why you'd want to periodize your nutrition there with that. So by phasing your nutrition, you work with your body rather than against it. Because again, when if we're just for trying to continue to drop weight, we have things like energy levels decreasing, hunger and cravings increasing, libido decreasing. We just keep trying to force that. Again, we're working against our body, not with it. Number two, reason why I want I, I like to have people periodize their nutrition is the building and maintenance of lean body mass. When people want to improve their look, the biggest thing they overlook is building and maintaining muscle. Muscle not only will help your look at any given body weight, but it can also make fat loss and maintenance of that much easier. So it's important you feel properly for building and maintaining muscle and periodizing your nutrition helps with this process. Biggest reason is when we're in a deficit, initially, you can probably see some recomp there depending on your training history, current body composition, lifestyle factors, et cetera. So you can 
build some muscle in a deficit for an extended period of time. But as you start to build more muscle, you get leaner, everything else improves. The likelihood of that goes down, down keeps going down to the point to where you're probably not going to, you're not going to build any more muscle. And obviously if you keep pushing that deficit, you may start to lose lean body mass in the process. So that we want to make sure that we take periods of time to eat more food, to fuel our bodies. Again, this doesn't always mean that you need to be in a calorie surplus to build muscle, but you at least want to get back to maintenance at some point there with that. So again, we want to make sure we're fueling properly for building and maintaining muscle. And if by periodizing our nutrition, it helps us. It allows us to do that. <clears throat> Number three, weight rebound following fat loss and the research on long-term weight maintenance. We know people can drop weight, but too many people have trouble following that period of time. And for good reason, as this period is very challenging. We know that period after fat loss is challenging to do. Your hunger is higher. You just, your brain craves that, that calorie dense food. And there's just that natural drive to get back to homeostasis and that body fat where your body feels comfortable at. Periodizing your nutrition gives you a plan after your fat loss diet and gives you tool, gives you goals to hit during this time. So you don't go off the rails. So by periodizing our nutrition, now we have that game plan for after the fat loss diet, and we can have tools in place to make sure that we don't regain all that body fat that we lost. Again, I think it's, you're probably going to regain a little bit of weight. You're probably going to regain a little bit of fat mass, but the issue is when people do this for multiple months and they just overshoot by a ton. They also don't weight train. Again, they just, they don't have any game plan with their nutrition. And that's where you see people really fall off the rails there with it. Again, expecting some weight gain, but again, having a plan to really limit that helps you, right? Because if you can do that, now you can maintain that physique for extended periods of time. Now you can go back into another fat loss phase later at a lower body fat and a lower body weight and you can keep going from there versus what people typically do is they lose weight, don't have a game plan for afterwards, gain all that weight back. Now they lose it again and they just go in this vicious yo-yo cycling and they don't ever see progress over two year span. It's the same weight. And if anything, it may be, you may end up with more body fat in that process. So again, another big reason why we want to periodize our nutrition. Number four, and this goes back to, I talked about calorie ranges, the flexibility. I think the flexibility of nutrition is just super important. I can't stress that enough because I think too many times people are either overly flexible where they have no, nothing no structure or anything. And then they try to be way too rigid with nutrition. It's again, all or nothing. And we don't want to be over here where everything is just, there's no structure. We also don't need to be over here where everything is so structured or so rigid. You may have a period of time where things are a little bit more rigid, again, during fat loss phases, but overall we want to have a little bit more flexibility here. And by periodizing our nutrition, it allows for that. So fat loss dieting requires fewer calories than normal. And so this can be challenging to adhere to long-term. So we want to, again, that can you have to, you probably have to be a little bit more rigid there, but that over time is going to be challenging to do. Again, what happens typically people, they, they go on a weight loss diet. They're super, super rigid. They just, they, that worked for them in the past. They just keep hammering away at that, hammering away at that. What happens then they are like, you know what? Screw it. This sucks. And then boom, all the weight comes back because now they fall back on that. That's all or nothing with it. So by periodizing your nutrition, this gives you periods of time where, when you can eat more food, which allows for more flexibility and balance. And I also think there's something to, I always say this to clients, inevitably every once in a while, almost every check-in, almost every week, there's at least one client where it's, oh, I just had a terrible week. I had all this going on and I couldn't stay on track. And so, look, it's important that you communicate this to me because I think there's something to pre-planning a break versus being reactive with it, where it's, oh crap, I, I totally plan on staying on track, even though it would have been really challenging to do it. And then I totally went off versus if we could have approached it as, Hey, this is going to be a really tough week. I know that you've talked about diet breaks. I know they can work for a week or it's something I can do to implement for a week. I'm going to do that. And again, I think there's something mentally to being like, this was planned. I knew this was going to happen versus being like, Oh crap, I didn't want to do this, but this is what happens. Again, we want to have this flexibility there with it. I think it's just super important. And then number five, 
Everyone is different, okay? Not everyone needs to drop weight and not everyone needs to gain weight for building muscle. So by periodizing your nutrition, this allows for individualization based on what the client needs. So again, common thing I see is, hey, I'm getting into fitness. Oh, I need to automatically just cut out all tasty food. I need to be super restrictive. I need to go low calorie to do that, right? And that's not always the case for every single person. And again, there's periods of time where maybe a fat loss phase is going to be helpful for you. And there's periods of time where, you know, hey, this probably isn't a good time to try and drop body fat. And so if we just always tried to do the same thing, that would be very challenging there with it. Just a few other benefits. Um, and I'll also go over a few cons of periodizing your nutrition, your nutrition. So benefits, what is exciting and motivating to be switching things up from time to time? You're not always focused on the same thing. So what I mean by that is, hey, you're in a fat loss phase, you're a little bit more rigid. You can look forward to, hey, in two weeks, I get to be a little bit more flexible with it. On the flip side, you've been in a building phase for six months. It's okay, you know what? This is going to be nice to clean things up, be a little bit more rigid with my nutrition. So again, switching things up can be super helpful. It gives the client a plan where you're going rather than just blindly going about things. Three, better to be focused on one goal versus trying to do everything at once. Focusing on too many goals at one time is a sure way to make sure you hit none of them. So again, this gives you one goal to hit versus, oh, I'm going to lose body fat. I'm going to build muscle. I'm also going to get better performance. I'm also going to do this and this. Again, it really makes sure that you focus on one thing. However, it's not all magic. There's some potential cons. So like I said, it's not magic. You still need to follow through. And if not, adjustments need to be made. Again, you still obviously have to follow through on these plans it can put some pressure on clients. So just like I said earlier, some flexibility for clients is good. For others, it's not as great. Same thing here. Having one specific goal to aim for can put some extra stress on certain people. So we do need to be careful with that. I think the last kind of con here is some people can overly focus on sticking perfectly to period. Remember, this is just a blueprint. You have to be willing to make adjustments when you need to. So what I mean by that is, oh, hey, I said I was going to do fat loss for the next 12 weeks. I have to do that no matter what. So no, you don't have to do that. We can switch things up if need be there on that. So hopefully that was helpful with that. And then let's dive into the final question. How long do you recommend a diet break for? And I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I've talked about this a lot in the past, but I do want to briefly touch on it again. So there's not any amount of time you need to take a diet break for. So real quick, let's talk about what a diet break is. So it's uh, a period of time where again, you're at your maintenance calories. You can go higher than your maintenance calories, but ideally we would have you at your maintenance calories and you're in a fat loss phase. And it's a period of time where you bring your calories up to maintenance, whether you need it for mental reasons, physical reasons, you have events coming up, whatever it may be. And so there, again, the common question is how long do you recommend this for? And there's not any amount of time you need to take a diet break for. So if you have lost more than 10, 10 to 20% of your body weight and have dieted for an extended period of time, you may need a longer diet break. Think more weeks or months on this. So if you're somebody who's lost a lot of weight already, you might need a little bit longer for a diet break, but it depends on your biofeedback and current progress. If you're generally feeling good, results are good, things are moving forward, but you feel like, hey, maybe I should take a week off, that's fine. It's probably could be, it could probably be a little bit shorter. On the other, on the flip side, if you're just like, you lost 10 to 20%, things are really slowed down. You're just feeling super burnt out. You probably are going to need a longer time at the diet break there. Next, if you're just feeling a little burnt out of fat loss dieting, but haven't lost more than five to 10% of your body weight, then maybe anywhere from two days to a week or two is all you need. But again, it depends and it could be longer. So in this specific example, maybe you just start your diet, your fat loss phase about six weeks ago. You haven't lost a ton of weight yet, but you, you have some stuff coming up this week. You're just feeling a little run down. For you, you might only need a couple days to you might only need a day, two days to maybe a week, and that's all you need there on that. So long story short, you can diet break for as long as you need to, and you need to base it off of your biofeedback and progress. And that's what I do with clients on that. So there's no set in stone here with that. So that's it for today's episode. Let me know if you guys have any questions and I will chat with you next time.
Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit JHHealth.net. See you next time.